1: Today in history, in 1589, during France's religious war, a fanatical monk stabs King Henry II to death.
2: Welcome to What the Fuck History, a podcast where we discuss the weirdest and wackiest incidents that make us say, well, what the fuck history, I am your wannabe Indiana Jones, Zachary, and this was a callback to our very first episode.
1: My name's Megan, and tonight my story will rock you like a hurricane. That's a threat.
3: And I'm Matt. Today I learned that nifty is a shortened version of the word magnificent. Oh. You know what else is really nifty? Having our friend Steve on the podcast with us. Steve, say hi. Hi.
1: Hi, everyone. The man, the myth, the legend. Hi, everybody.
3: The, the man the himself. The man
1: himself is <laughs> yeah. here.
2: I was about to say, everyone's been hearing us talk about Steve, and now they get to hear Steve. Oh, my mind. Oh, my,
3: my Yeah. The only thing that would have been more satisfying is if we had actually introduced an intern named Kevin. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm I working can be Kevin. I can be
1: Kevin.
2: Steve's like, I'm willing Steve, to be a team Steve's player. Steve's just like, I can be Kevin.
4: I make the same either way.
2: Which (laughs) is not a lot. And you know what? The best part is, Steve, if you do your job and Kevin's job, you'll still make the same amount. (laughs) Rip. And that's socialism. Uh, Socialism, baby. (laughs) God. Fuck. Uh, All right. Already off to a good start.
3: Okay, party people, that. on this, our 50th episode extravaganza, we have set our strikes to zero, including Steve's. We have invited our trusty translator, Steve, and a game of rock, paper, scissors has been played And the order for tonight's episode is Zatch, followed by Meg Han, followed by me. That's just that's just the sound of me falling off a cliff. By the way, no,
2: just... don't fall off a cliff. We need you to finish the episode. Yeah. I already fell off the cliff. All right. Well. So.
1: I'm gonna need you to crawl back up.
2: Yeah. All right. Just got
3: it.
1: Climb, climb
2: up. Very I'll get there by the time that my story is ready. <laughs> Fantastic. Still in the oven. Lords, ladies, and non-binary landholders. Before speaking I get... of lords and oh ladies, my sorry to cut
3: you off so early in your ow, story. Ow. But 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 I went to a ren fair a while back, and <laughs> you know how they have like the big cat exhibit that they do at ren fairs sometimes.
2: No, I've never where... been to a ren fair.
3: Have you never? Never. Oh my god! So, anyways, there's at the ren fair that I went to, they have like a big cat show where they bring out like. Yeah lions and tigers and, and bears. Oh my, no, no bears because it's a big cat show. You fucking God. idiot. But anyways, the, the girl that was doing the presentation said lords and ladies at least 50 times during her presentation. And I have a disdain for it now as like a phrase. Okay. But I don't, I don't well, hate lords it. Lords and Ladies as you is a voice.
1: spice. You're supposed to sprinkle it in, not yeah. make it a meal.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She made it like the whole yeah, meal. Well, yeah, She's
2: wrong. You can't just eat hot vendors. Lords and Ladies? <laughs> you just can't eat. You you should eat Lords and Ladies. Fuck the rich. And anyway. the rich! <laughs> So, as I was saying, I'm going to start all over again because yes, I need to. Give me do. a second. I'm so sorry. Uh, I just need to pick my legs below the yeah. knee up off okay, the floor. And this coming and from the guy that cuts tempo. me
3: off at the end of every fucking podcast recently to tell people to subscribe to our Patreon.
2: Yeah. I mean, I have a job to do. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> how much
3: anyway. you making? Yeah, how much are you making?
2: <laughs> Not as much as my Uh. (laughs) OnlyFans. His Only Feats. (laughs) Lords, ladies, and non-binary landholders, before I get too nostalgic and give even more callbacks, I think I should get into my story for this evening. And my story is less of a story, or more of a, rather more of a small list of achievements in my opinion. Uh, and my story tonight comes from listener Megan, who is Lucky Irish LuckyIrish87 on Instagram.
5: Um, okay. Uh, hold on. Okay. I wrote this down. I'm gonna read it. Okay. Um, first of all, hi, Matt, Megan, and Zachary. Um, you guys always ask, what the fuck history? And now I'm asking, how the fuck am I actually living out my fangirl dream of airing on your podcast When Zach reached out to me for suggestions, my brain was so scrambled that I immediately dug into this weird channel in the back of my mind that produced two words. Kinky Friedman, the hero of Texas, the man, the myth, a human, likely too intense for this world. I'm pretty sure that he's going to blast off one day in a blaze of glory fueled by rainbows and Bud Light. (laughs) And he's also God's gift to music. You're welcome. I can't wait to hear Zach's delivery, and I really hope he keeps it well kinky. I love you guys. Thanks for helping me through some pretty tough times by always making me laugh. Insert heart emoji, fangirl eyes. You guys are the greatest.
2: First off, I'm going to give them a strike for the fact that they butchered this asking of a question, and I they. Need to I, hear the audience. I can't
1: believe I can't believe we're giving. Listeners strikes
2: now. I know. I'm, I'm being <laughs> devious. Don't worry, Matt. You will get the audio. I will send okay, it great. to you. Um, but for those of you who don't know, I'm adding the audio in post. Ooh. Anyway. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, fuck editor, Zach. Anyway. So, yes, Megan has asked me to talk about a man by the name of Kinky Friedman. Hell yeah. Excuse me. Yes, and now I knew nothing about this man other than the fact that he has a fantastic name, which, by the way, is not a sex thing. It refers to his hair, which is kinky and wavy. Oh,
1: I thought you were going to say, like, uh, this is his actual Uh. government name, his Uncle Sam name.
4: (laughs) His Christian name. His Christian
2: name. (laughs) God-given. His biblical name is actually Richard Freeman. Oh. And he was born in 1944 in Chicago. To Chicago Chicago. Uh, to a doctor. Thomas. bears. Da bears. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, he was born to a Dr. Thomas and his wife Minnie Friedman. Uh, and right out the gate, I will say this guy has some real fucking main character energy because at the ripe old age of seven, seven. he is invited to per- at seven, yeah. He's invited to participate in a contest to challenge Samuel Reshvensky. Rzymski.
3: Hey, Rish- Steve. Rish- 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 Rish-
2: Rish- Rish- hey, Steve? Yeah? We need... Hey, Steve. Steve, I need help! He's I'm dry.
1: so tired already. <laughs> He's like... He's like, man, I definitely don't get paid enough. I don't know if you
2: guys heard the audible exhale that he just did. Uh, oh, is it bad that all of them thinking of his, as I just hear Steve audibly exhale, my brain is just doing the mountain goats. I am drowning. <laughs> there is no sign of land. Uh, you are coming down with me. Uh, but yeah, Samuel so Ryshevsky, I think. it's all
4: your e- point, yeah, spell it, please. That's what I was going to ask.
2: R-E-S-H-E-V-S-K-Y. Oh,
4: yeah, Ryshevsky.
2: Ryshevsky. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. So, yeah, Rizhevsky. Samuel Ryshevsky, who was at the time a United States Grandmaster of chess, Oh chess. Oh chess. But yes, so young Richard Freeman at the age of seven challenges the grandmaster of chess in the United States. Uh, and he loses, and so doesn't everyone else in this competition. But apparently he does pretty well, and he was also the youngest player in this chess competition. Hey, so remember. again, at the ripe old age of seven, he's starting to give me some main character vibes. What?
1: Yeah, I guess, like, you kind of have to tell me the color of his hair as well, because it always has to be a weird color to be main character.
3: That's true. Yeah, if true. he wasn't born with pink hair, he's not a main that character. That is so uh, accurate. He was born with dark, like, brownish-blackish hair. I guess. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's he could be a main character in, like, a more serious anime. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. More realistic just...
1: anime.
2: This is not going to yeah. get realistic or serious ooh, at could all. Could be a
3: slice of life anime. I'm I'm, I'm turning you off. <laughs>
2: so time passes. Uh, that's and... historically not true. Yeah. Ooh, ooh baby. <laughs> time passes and Kinky graduates from high school in Austin, Texas, and subsequently earns his Bachelor of Arts from the University University of Austin, and he earns it in Psychology. Oh, wonder what he did with that degree.
1: I don't know. I guess we should ask you.
2: You should, because uh, he then <laughs> serves two years in the Peace Corps, uh, teaching in Bor- Borneo, Indonesia.
4: Oh, so he um, definitely didn't have a job. He definitely didn't have a
2: job. It was a psychology degree, and was in the Peace Corps for two years. Wow, mm-hmm. is he me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, when I was I'm just, researching this and I saw he was in the Peace Corps for a couple of years, I was like, "Steve, Steve, is I, that you?" I'm just
3: staring sadly at my psych degree, <laughs> which as of yet has not played a part in my success in life. Well, I if mean, if it could
2: be called success at no, all, no, I think it that, has. you're better than me. I'm three credits shy of a degree. <laughs> Uh, okay, Van Wilder.
1: Matt, I think I think <laughs> yeah. your psych degree has has played a role. You're wildly underpaid for what you do. You're yeah.
3: absolutely correct. Wow. Go off, sis.
2: <laughs> Steve, you're just like wow. <laughs> I felt that one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he t- teaches a little while in Indonesia, where he meets up with his soon-to-be road manager. Um, because what does Kinky end up doing with his life?
1: I don't know. Will Starting, he become did he start
2: Nolting oh. fans? <laughs> no, he becomes a musician. Oh, that's close. oh hell yeah, a busker, a busker, if you will. So, uh, Kinky Friedman uh, starts a band. Uh, well, actually, he starts a couple bands, but the one that Was takes it called off, Kinky and the Freedmans. No, it's called Kinky Friedman and the Texas Jew Boys.
1: Okay, well you can't. That's even better. All right,
2: well that's <laughs> definitely not politically no, correct. No, you can't nowadays. say a lot of those words
1: together.
4: Well, here's the thing: <laughs> we can't say a lot of those words together.
1: I mean, a... yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah.
2: So Kinky Friedman and the Texas Jew Boys. Kinky, does what, Kinky does what he wants. That's true. Kinky does what he wants. But the best part about this is they make a bunch of satirical music that gains popularity in the 70s. But everything they wrote was satire, but also politically poignant. Because mm. you see, Kinky grew up in a very Jewish household. His parents were Russian Jewish immigrants. <laughs> So many of the songs that he wrote and performed were not only humorous, but called people out for being shitty. So what you're telling me is that
3: Kinky Friedman was the very first Weird Al Yankovic?
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say he's the very first... No, that's not true. He was born in the 1940s. I was going to be like, ah, he's the footsteps of Jonathan Swift.
2: Yeah, no, he... Yeah, Weird Al vibes, but make it Texas.
1: Weird Al vibes, uh, yes. but make it slightly to the left.
2: Yeah. So all of his songs, as I said, were humorous, but called out for people for being shitty, including a song that is amazing called They Ain't Making Jews Like Jesus Anymore.
1: That's true. They in are. Which he
2: <laughs> <laughs> in which he accounts verbally a story where he f- verbally berates and then physically beats the shit out of a drunken white racist. Nice. Amen, hey, member. <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> So I'm loving this guy already. This is fantastic.
4: Can you imagine the music video if he was around for that?
2: Oh, my oh, God. That would be so good. MTV
1: would be a different place.
4: That's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, like, what? what's that I... other thing on YouTube? It's Vivo, as always. V- yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Vivo or whatever. V- Vimeo? Ven- Vimeo? No. Vimeo. Vimeo. Vimeo, yeah. I don't know. Technology. I'm bad with it. Me too. <laughs> Yeah, he had some other interesting highlights to his career, but mainly whatever was on Kinky Friedman's mind, he did, and he caused a lot of chaos. And for that, I have to give him credit where credit is due. But continuing his streak of main character energy, uh, in the 80s, when his music stardom kind of began to fade a little bit, uh, he ended up switching careers and began to write detective novels featuring a wildly exaggerated version of himself solving crimes in New York. Wow. Uh, Was the character
3: also called Kinky?
2: Uh, I don't believe the character is called Kinky. However, the stories are absolutely as wild as his music, because one of the books is called uh, Kill Two Birds and Get Stoned.
1: Yo! (laughs) Good for him.
2: That doubles
4: as a song title, too. I know. I love that for him.
1: I like that he wrote fanfic about about himself.
2: Yeah, dude literally was like, I'm cool. I'm going to write fanfic about myself. (laughs) Uh, He published two novels, so...
4: Just think, Matt, this could have been your trajectory.
1: That's true. That could have been. You too.
3: (laughs) You too could have been Kinky Friedman. What you're
1: telling me is that the logical next step after a psych degree is writing Mm -hmm. self-insert fanfic about your true crime life.
2: The next logical step after psych degree is Is becoming satirical satirical music, politically Politically charged satirical music. Yeah, we're yeah, just going to okay, gloss then, over the Peace Corps.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well, most well, people Peace do. Corps.
2: <laughs> 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 okay, so first step Peace Corps. Peace Corps. Second step. <laughs> we had to say it quietly so we didn't scare it away. Um, second step, politically satirical music. Third step is fan fiction about yourself as a detective. Does anyone want to guess what the fourth step is? Uh, Murder. No. Please.
4: Uh, Running for office.
2: Yes. Oh
1: my God! <laughs> is amazing. Steve, you're the man. Yeah, you get a gold star. Yes. Amazing.
3: He doesn't get a gold star unless he knows Oliver's story. What
1: do you mean? Okay. He just guessed it. perfectly. No. Who's the
3: gold star? Those are the rules of the gold star established long, star? long ago. Yeah. 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 you can get a can silver. Get a silver.
4: Other metal star.
2: Yes. Yeah. Thanks. We'll give you a Medal of Honor.
4: Ooh, I don't want that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, Kinky shifts careers once again in 1986 when he runs for the Justice of the Peace of Caraville, Texas. Uh, he loses the election. Um Rip. And I will say, I'm gonna say it, he did run as a Republican. Okay. Ah. Oh. But you'll see why I'm iffy on that label in just a minute. Okay.
1: I guess it was different back in the day. Wait, this is the eight- Never mind- No, it's Ronald Reagan. It's not different. It's not different. It's exactly the same.
4: Yeah,
2: we're going back to that.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Ugh. Anyway, he he ran for governor of Texas back in 2006 as an independent, and somehow he raised more funds than the Democratic nominee by the second quarter. There you go. Way to go, Kinky. Way to go, Kinky. But he only got 12% of the vote, so no dice on that. Ah, poor guy. That's not bad for your
4: first time out,
2: though. I know, know, right? For First time running for governor? uh, He did say he would probably run again under the Democratic ballot. However, I think what we all need to know now is not if he's going to run again, but we need to know about his stance on the issues, right?
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. I would like to know where he stands on health care.
2: It is a mixed bag uh, where he stands on issues, but mostly in the right direction. Uh, So... Kinky loves his electric lettuce and fully supports the legalizing of marijuana and hemp cultivation. However, he doesn't fully support the selling of it. He does want it decriminalized, saying, quote, I'm not talking about, like, Amsterdam. We've got to clear some room out of the prisons so we can put the bad guys in there. You know, like the pedophiles and the politicians. You know. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Mm, as a politician himself probably treading on thin ice
2: thin ice yeah but also he's a musician faking to be a politician Yeah, i'm not really sure where he's going (laughs) i know right it's like a man of the people
4: angle or something
2: yeah uh and just not giving a shit like literally no fucks to give that's kinky friedman um he does support higher pay for teachers and working to lower the texas dropout rate he supports alternative fuel sources such as wind power and biodiesel, and he opposed the Trans Texas Corridor because it relied too heavily on toll road road construction. Okay. So he's making some good points.
1: Uh, yeah, however, he is making some points.
2: However, uh, he did have some strong stances on border issues and illegal immigration.
1: Yeah, I was wanting
2: to put money towards stopping that, which. Eh, But in all fairness, to Kinky Friedman, he was the only person I have ever seen that is a politician that talks about border control who said we should pay officials in Mexico to stop people from coming over their side, which I think is a lot more collaboration than saying we should build a fucking wall.
4: And make Mexico pay for it. make Mexico pay for it.
2: (laughs) So, so far, Kinky's got, like, three in the win column for me and one in the bad column. So, I mean, so far, I'm, I, it's better than most politicians, if you ask me. Um, Kinky also believes in a women's right to choose, stating that, and Interesting. I quote, I'm not pro-life, I'm not pro-choice, I'm pro-football. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Good. This man... <laughs> this man uh, anyway pro so football. just didn't
4: touch that issue basically
2: well he he has gone on record saying that he he supports a woman's right to choose and that he's like i yeah no it's not my place to say anything yeah. but basically like the media pressed him about it and like basically harped on him he's from texas this is all texas talk and if he just came out and said that quote just to be like fuck you um Reporters have also pestered Kinky into his stance on gay marriage, to which he replied, I support gay marriage. I believe they have the right to be as miserable as the rest of us. Wow. That sounds like
3: a... Oh, that sounds like something I've heard before. I've definitely seen
2: that quote before. I've heard that before. Probably. But yeah, so Kinky's like, I don't care what you do with your own time, it's your own fucking time. And I can appreciate that about Kinky Friedman. And... Really, that's kind of where I'm going to wrap up the life and times of Kinky Friedman. It is not sure whether he's going to be running for governor again in the upcoming election, but I hope he does because, man, it's just fucking wild and I'm about it. I'm about his energy. I disagree with him on the border control shit, but like, you know what? If I disagree with him on one thing, that's better than most, as I said. Um, But again, I don't know what Kinky has planned for his future uh, of the political career, But for now, he is staying put on his family's ranch in Caraville, Texas, which is right down the road from Utopia Animal Rescue Ranch, a rescue he founded for abused and aging animals, where thousands of dogs and other animals have been saved from euthanasia. So, I'll give him another win there. I just,
6: like,
1: I still don't know where he stands.
2: I don't think you're supposed to know where he stands. <laughs> i have always got to keep your opponent guessing. I think Kinky Friedman stands where Kinky Friedman stands, and honestly, it's on a shifting island of weirdness. <laughs> he's on one of those fucking, like, uh, rollers that just has, like, a cylinder under it, yeah. and he just rolls back and forth, trying to keep himself upright. I put, as far as, like, Kinky Friedman's politics. I think I put him in the same category as like a Vermin Supreme where I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I'm I'm here for the crazy. Well, you know? Vermin
3: <laughs> Supreme wants to give everyone a horse. So.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Me too.
4: And um, where do I put it? So yeah, it's <laughs> right? a great question.
3: Steve, where do I
1: put the horse? Steve, they completely are grass engines. Grass goes in, <laughs> fast comes out. It's economical. <laughs>
2: I live in a city. Where the fuck am I going to get grass? Uh, Boston Common. <laughs> you just see like 20 fucking horses on Boston Common. It just at turns a time? into
4: a giant paddock for everyone's uh, horses who lives okay, in Okay, but area. I don't
2: hate that. I don't. Yeah, that's hate actually that. really
4: cute.
1: All right, there's a lot of green space in Boston. What are we saving it for? Horses. Horses. This is, <laughs> this is a long term goal that Michelle Wu has been planning.
3: This is actually, most of the green spaces in cities are to remind people that green exists. (laughs) Yeah, right?
1: I'm aware of transcendentalism.
3: Do you recall (laughs) a tree? Please, venture through this park we have installed for you. Here's an
4: approximation of a tree.
1: Here's an approximation (laughs) of what the woods used to look like around here. Jeez. Well, on that
3: case, I'm done. That's it. That's what I got. Do you want to tell us your story now?
1: Absolutely not, but I will. Uh, (laughs) uh, So, Zach, do you know who wrote my story?
2: I do know who wrote your story. The story of Violet Jessup. The Violet, yes, who asked for Violet Jessup. I can tell you. Can you asked. tell
1: us who? I thought I
2: told you who, no. asked, who Who asked for Violet Jessup. That's my bad. Oops, that's bad of me. No. It's... Oops, all bad on Zach. Oops, all bad. Uh, that was Liz and not the person I'm. Not the Liz that Zach is dating. Yes. Got it. <laughs> not the Liz I am I am dating. Not, not. I'm getting. So fussed. already we're Sorry. getting. Max- What's we're happening?
3: We're getting. Max- missed me missed I just had a stroke we're getting messed up because our first <laughs> yes. our first one came from a Megan but not the one that is on the podcast yeah and our second one comes from a Liz who is not what? dating Zach Zach
4: got it yes so I'm all sorry we, did, out there. All, Shout we out, weren't, Shout yeah, out. Yeah,
2: bless we, up. we weren't biased or anything I promise bless um up. but yeah uh Liz or it Liz what it Liz on Instagram.
6: Hi guys, it's Liz. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the podcast. I am thrilled to be participating in your 50th episode, which as someone who listened from day 1 is just crazy that we're already here, but I'm so excited. Um cheers to saying what the fuck history at least another 50 times. <laughs> um In honor of this amazing milestone, I would love it if you guys could talk a little bit more about the Emu War, the football war, the voyage of the Russian Baltic fleet, how inbred the Habsburgs were, the cult of sexual obsession created by Rasputin, the pig war, the great 1980s Dungeons and Dragons panic, the cat that started life on a Nazi Navy vessel in World War II, and then went on to become the British Royal Navy mascot, I think. Um, I don't know the cat's name. I'm pretty sure if you Google Nazi cats or... Uh, no, don't don't Google Nazi cats. But anyway, I'm sure you guys will find it. Something about a cat. Um, <laughs> and I would also love to hear more about the bear that was enlisted into the Polish army and the story of Violet Jessup. Um, looking forward to hearing with what you guys come up with um congratulations again on your 50th episode and cheers to 50 more
1: it is what it was okay so uh, oh i get it yeah that's funny that is good (laughs) it's a good name all right so um you know what's not funny the title of my story tell me more about your notes titles. uh so it's called the queen of sinking ships
3: Oh hell yeah! Yeah, okay. I didn't
1: come up with that.
4: Does she have loose okay. lips?
1: Um, mm, ooh, girl, <laughs> girl. she girl. might have. On... That's a little bit.
3: That's a little bit
1: personal. You can't. We have the saying. God. Yeah.
4: Steve. Loose lips. She's the queen of sinking ships.
1: Yeah, dude. She's she was. By the transitive property she was sinking them all over the place with those i'm just saying loose yeah, no, makes sense. i'm
4: not a historian
1: I, that's true that like honestly <laughs> none of us are who no, is no, no. here um what makes a historian that's not why we're here we're here to talk about the queen of sinking ships uh, a liberal arts degree, with
4: yeah, a focus in, in
1: history. history. <laughs> I have a BA in history. Two in the, years in the Peace
4: Corps.
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of few, few years. In, I feel like between all of us, we could make a historian PhD.
2: Just one. What one? one. Out of <laughs> we only need the one.
1: That's we can true. share it. We can share it. That's true. Just like. Just like Zach, it's my week with the PhD. <laughs> <laughs> just like millennials that spot everywhere. That's why my wall is so bare. It's, I miss when it's here. <laughs> okay. What about millennials? Just like millennials, um, have never uh, not had to share a place where they live.
2: Um, <laughs> we just share a
1: degree. We share degrees. And the student debt that comes along with them. Anyway. Oh, fuck. I've brought it back. So, The Queen of Sinking Ships is the name of my story. Like I said, it is about a woman named Violet Constance Jessup. A good name, if I've ever heard one. Um, mm, strong. It's, it's strong. a name. <laughs> it is Strong. Not too many,
3: not too
2: few, as we've <laughs> described
1: with Zach's character. That's yes, true.
2: yes. It's just the... Mm. Perfect amount of this name is just right. This
1: name is just right. So, uh, the idiom about something being a sinking ship implies that like something can't be saved, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, this relationship, yeah. sinking ship, um, uh, or like the company, it's going down like a naval frigate. Whatever, uh, it's something that usually needs to be abandoned. And if you can't jump into the waters fast enough, then it takes you down with it. However which is history's favorite way of saying, but please don't fact check me on that. Um, <laughs> for a woman named Violet Constance Jessup sinking ships were nothing to be afraid of.
3: <laughs> Good for Look. her. I love the concept of like everyone else being like, this is terrifying. And her being like, eh, I've
2: seen worse." this seen- bitch is on the Titanic. Like,
1: Meh. <laughs> well, I mean, you joke, uh, but she was. Anyway. Oh, my oh God. God. Yes. Yes. So, uh, born during the... Oh! What?
3: I think I know this story. Okay,
1: well, let's... Shh. Let,
4: okay, yeah. Shut up and let spoilers. me learn it. Yeah, spoilers. Okay, God. I didn't,
3: I didn't say anything. I just said that I think I know this story. I can't believe don't you would... Don't sink
4: this ship for her.
1: Don't sink this ship for me with your loose lips. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm tired of people's saggy lips on this show. Anyway. All right. You
3: need to pull this together.
1: All right. So born during the fin de siècle, which is a fancy way of saying the end of the 19th century. I am.
3: Why the fuck (laughs) did you decide to go fancy?
1: (laughs) Because I wanted to win Verbal Scrabble tonight. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, That's not even a game we (laughs) play. It is now. And I am winning. Um Violet came into the world near and I'm going to say this wrong, but the whole time I was reading where she was born, I was saying the Baja Blast, and it's, not, it's the, let's go with that. Yeah, she was born in yeah. Baja Blast, Argentina, so like <laughs> you can go looking for it if you want.
2: Uh, I mean, I will, but also I just keep thinking of Hank Hill saying Ba Blast. Baja Blast.
1: Bah, blast. <laughs> yeah, so that was me while I was reading her birthplace. It's actually Bahia Blanca. Um,
3: I like the Baja Blast
1: better. <laughs> so she was born in Argentina and was the oldest daughter of Irish immigrants. I don't know how they ended up there, but... I,
2: that's not good for the skin type. <laughs> it's
1: not good for the skin <laughs> you type. You will
2: burn. They're going to
1: burn. Steve, have you been to Argentina?
4: I have not. I've been to Venezuela, okay. Ecuador, and Peru.
1: Okay, I was wondering. I couldn't remember if you had been there before. Um, no. So I wanted to It's on ask, my list. Yeah. But...
4: Along with all the other 200 countries I still haven't been to.
1: Okay, fair, <laughs> fair. <laughs> we, we all have that list. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So, like most families during this time, uh, where the tried and often not true form of birth control was either abstinence or the pullout method, uh, she was the first of nine children. Um, (laughs) She spent most of her childhood caring for her younger siblings, because when you're the oldest, you become um, third parent.
4: De facto mom. De facto
1: mom. Yeah, she was de facto mom. Um, Anyway, when her father died, she was 16, and then the family moved back to England where presumably their skin did much better. And (laughs) she attended a convent school. You mean
3: they didn't burn constantly? Yeah, they
1: weren't like constantly on the surface of the sun. Um, She attended a convent school and continued to take care of her youngest sister while her mother was working at sea as a stewardess. Uh, it was only after her mother became ill that Jessup left school and followed in her mother's footsteps and became a stewardess as well. Um, and then the Fire Nation attacked, and by the Fire Nation I mean the <laughs> sea in general.
2: <laughs>
1: so okay,
2: the opposite of the Fire Nation continued. Yeah, the
1: Water Nation attacked, I guess. Um, So, proving that women have been dealing with the same shit for at least the last century, Jessup had to dress down to make herself less attractive in order to get herself a job, uh, which she successfully did at the age of 21 with the Royal Mail Line in 1908. Um, This started Jessup's career aboard many other ships, including the RMS Olympic in 1911, which was a luxury ship and was the largest civilian liner at the time. Sounds a little familiar, right?
2: Mm, Uh Yeah.
1: However, while Jessup was aboard, it collided with a British warship.
2: Uh, Okay.
1: Yeah. So, like, while I was reading this, I was like, man, can you imagine, like, a warship Filled with career seamen. Like, how do you fuck up that bad? Like, your whole life is about, like, hey, do you see anything else on the water? How do we not crash this boat into something? Yeah. And they just like, do it anyway.
2: You had one fucking job. <laughs>
1: they literally have one job. Keep this boat away from other boats. The Keep ocean's this boat so afloat. Big. That's what I'm saying. The ocean's so big. The ocean is limitless. Yeah. <laughs>
3: No, there's definitely a limit to that.
1: That's not true. I've never seen it. (laughs) Therefore, I I refuse to believe. It's limitless. Until I see those walls of ice, those flat earthers are talking about absolutely no limit to the ocean. Uh, So, anyway. um, (laughs) uh, The Olympics uh, sustains severe damage, but it did make it into port without fully sinking. Um, Okay. Jessup did not learn her lesson and decided to transfer ships in 1912 to the Olympics sister ship, the Titanic. The
2: Titanic.
1: Amen, brother. Fuck! The Titanic. So at the tender age of 24... Uh, Jessup once again found herself on a massive civilian liner. She uh, set sail on April 10th, 1912. And just four days later, history is mazed as it struck an iceberg in the North Atlantic and sank in just under two hours and 40 minutes after the collision. Uh, r- New record. <laughs> New record. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you imagine like the captain's yelling that out? <laughs> <laughs> New record. I can't, I but
3: now that we've said it,
1: yeah, they didn't yeah. put that. Um, did you guys have the Titanic VHS set when you guys? Yes. Yeah, it was like I. Um,
2: had, weirdly,
4: no? I just watched it last night, oh, not on VHS, okay. but
1: I just Can watched I, it last night. Does it? Can
4: s- I tell you a secret? What
2: the Titanic is garbage movie.
3: No, wow. uh, it's a it's a deeper secret than that, which is that I've never watched Titanic.
1: I, you don't
2: have, don't watch Titanic. Yeah, it's a garbage movie.
1: I don't
4: know.
2: Everyone should watch it once. Zach.
1: Yeah, that's just true. Once. I think um, everyone should see it once.
2: That's several hours I can't get back. It is. I mean, that's like watching Gandhi. It's as many hours as the Titanic sank that I cannot get back. Oh in my, my god, life.
1: it actually is as many yeah. hours as the Titanic sank.
2: I wonder if that was on purpose.
4: I think so.
1: How, uh, how long is the actual runtime of the Titanic? Anyway, wait, no, we can't. Um, we have to get it's back. Like three to hours. It's three hours. Okay. Slightly yeah. longer than the actual. It's
2: more time than it took for the actual fucking Titanic to sink. Well, I'm not wasting that time. <laughs> when
1: you have the limitless ocean pouring into the hull, uh, it, You know, it gets the job done pretty fast. So anyway, in her memoirs, Jessup describes how she was called up to the deck of the Titanic as it was sinking to serve as an example of how to behave for the non-English speakers who could not follow the instructions given to them. Which, when you say it that way, sounds very condescending.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, and like, then again, I, I don't pay attention when I go onto a flight and they show me how to use the fucking safety belt, but, like, it's a fucking safety belt.
1: I know. I imagine she was, like, the hostesses. She was, like, this is how yeah, you right? inflate the thing. And they were, Pointing like, to
4: the emergency exits, which are everywhere. Everywhere. It's literally. Just jump
1: off. Whatever railing you want to take at that time, that's where you go. Uh, And please
2: make sure to fasten your own mask before you fashion the the masks (laughs) of others.
1: And you know what? To be fair, she did. Because she was given a space on a lifeboat. uh, But then, immediately as she sat down, she was handed a random baby to look after. Oh! Uh, And the next morning, when her- But she was
4: well-practiced.
1: Yeah, she was well-practiced because she is de facto mom. Remember? And then-
3: (laughs) She's the mom friend. She's the mom uh, friend. Oh, yes, I have held a baby before.
1: She's like, this feels familiar. I've been doing this since I've been <laughs> a, but a wee lass. Um, so the next morning, as her and the rest of survivors were, uh, like, bobbing on the waves in the, in the lifeboat, they were rescued by another boat that was called and taken to New York City. And while on board, the baby uh was taken from her by a woman who she presumed was the mother but didn't get a chance to ask she was like all right that's your baby now uh
2: um, <laughs> no longer my problem no longer my problem so <laughs> not my monkey not my circus
1: once she got to new york uh she said fuck you to fate and she continued to be a stewardess and by the time world war one rolled around um
0: planning for your next trip
1: she uh, was working for the Red Cross on the Britannic, the younger sister ship to both the Olympic and the Titanic. So this family of ships was probably cursed by like
2: apparently or she was but yes i
1: don't know i'd like to think that this family of ships was like cursed by a victorian ghost or something oh no it was
3: cursed by violet Jessica. maybe (laughs) well because
1: while it was sailing on the aegean sea it sank uh thanks to an unexplained explosion which i assume was ghosts ghosts (laughs) and but it was figured out in 2016 that um it was struck by a deep sea mine and it say, You wanna try Ooh. that
2: date again? Two thousand
1: sixteen. <laughs> two thousand sixty nine. Two thousand sixty
2: nine. No, in
1: two thousand sixteen it had struck a deep sea mine and it sank in fifty five minutes. So Oh, okay. Um just and like did you deep- die in that no, one? no, please. Please.
3: <laughs> How many
2: more ships have to be sacrificed to this woman? <laughs> all of them
1: so like the titanic uh violet did watch other people die because there were fatalities aboard um, while, Fatality. Well, like, by fatalities, too, like, it sounds pretty awful, because while it was sinking, um, it was described that, like, they were, uh, some people were killed by the ship's propellers that were just shredding lifeboats. Oh, gosh.
4: <laughs> oh, god. Yeah,
1: it was like. Honestly,
4: though, that's faster, that's better than drowning. Honestly, I'd rather yes. that.
1: Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think, like, the lead-up to being shredded by a propeller pretty bad
2: yeah but once it's over it's over oh you know? yeah it's completely like you're not gonna be over. sitting there I, I i won't have the fucking water level of sonic when you're dying running through my head as i gasp for air
1: no you're right you're right i'll give I it i just to got you. stressed
4: out when you said that
2: <laughs> it is the most stress inducing sound
1: he's like i just got ptsd
2: yeah like a
1: flashback if you will
2: post-traumatic sonic disorder
1: post-traumatic <laughs> sonic disorder I think that's everybody's like everybody's got it. Yeah, I think everybody has that. So, um, chili dog. As she was like seeing these life bros shredded, she jumped from hers, which resulted in a pretty bad head injury. But she s- survived uh, because she's like a god or something. I don't know. Uh, so once again, not taking the hints that God kept giving to her. She went back to work on the White Star line in 1920 after the war, and as well as the Red Star and the Royal Mail line again. So she did not learn. Uh, she also went on not one but two cruises around the world because this lady fucking sinked after boats. And <laughs> she married briefly in 1950, but presumably her husband was like too much of a coward to be partnered with a sea goddess, and then he left. Uh, the other weird part, Of this story is when she was writing her memoir with her biographer she said that like a few years ago she had received a telephone call from someone claiming to be the baby she had rescued from the titanic and her biographer said it was probably a prank but she said it wasn't because she had never told that story to anyone other than to the biographer like at this moment
4: Wow. Okay, that's Whoa. fucking
2: weird.
1: Yeah. So, and also, records indicate that there was one baby who survived on Jessup's lightboat, and it was reunited with its mother on the ship that brought them to New York. Way to go, Violet Jessup. I know. She yeah, right? saved a whole baby.
2: Also, go, girl. That's nice closure Not just because. A whole
4: baby, but the only
3: baby. Yeah,
1: it was nice closure, right? Like... Well,
4: yeah, because, like, you kind of buried the lead a little bit, which is clever. You were like we don't know if that was the mom or not, and then it was. It well, was. I think the
3: point was that Violet herself didn't know. That's but
2: true, yeah. From Either her perspective, way. neither yeah. did we.
1: For, yeah, and that's yeah. like that's kind of what I liked about like that little tidbit about the story. Um, so after all that, it wasn't the sea, though, that finally claimed Jessup. It was heart failure, and after multiple near-death experiences, she did die at the age of 83 in 1971. So truly... The other name that she had was Miss Unsinkable.
2: Ooh, there you go. Yeah. I like that one better. But either way, like this bitch lived a long time after almost dying a lot. Like, I know, you dude. know. Credit where credit is due.
1: Honestly, I don't like change and I don't like permanence. But I, if I was Miss Unsinkable, that would be tattooed on me somewhere.
2: <laughs> I'm not Miss Unsinkable, but it still might be tattooed on me somewhere. Yeah,
1: I would. I would literally get a tattoo of the Titanic. And be like, I was on that. I was on that, dude. Yeah, I was on that, dude. So I was the hostess. Weird Um, flex, but okay. Weird flex, but okay. Honestly, that's the only flex I want to see. I survived the Titanic.
2: Yeah. And all I got was this lousy (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. I survived the Titanic and all I got was this lousy tattoo. Yeah, this lousy
1: (laughs) tattoo. It's like really shitty traditional, too.
2: Hey, Traditional is good.
1: I'm I'm not saying traditional isn't good. I'm saying her particular. But it's shitty
2: traditional. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah okay. Her
1: particular tattoo, shitty traditional.
2: I say, is I just say, as, as a man who just got a traditional tattoo.
1: No, hers in particular.
2: Is shitty American is shitty. traditional. Yes. Understood.
1: Absolutely. All right. We have finally come to the point in the night where it's the man, the myth, and the legend.
3: Yeah, we already introduced Steve.
1: That okay, the yeah. other
2: man the other myth and the other, other legend they' got are
1: not got nervous no. for a second for a second
4: I'm, ju- uh.
2: I'm, just, uh, <laughs> I'm just your friendly
3: neighborhood sasquatch I'm, ready to tell you about well history.
1: also i um, like there can be more than one legend there can oh, there after. can be two.
2: I am um, a cryptid. I was about to say, can I can I cut you off for two seconds because you cut me off? Yeah, and of by course. that I mean I want to ask if Matt's a Sasquatch. What does that make the rest of us as cryptids? I'm going to leave that to uh, Steve. I don't think that we can do that right now. You're right. That's too long of a conversation. <laughs>
3: uh, it'll yeah, have let me to be let, let me sleep on it. Con- yeah, it'll yeah. have to be an after it? dark conversation for another day.
1: Let me sleep on it. Oh.
5: Baby, baby. Um, anyway. so the
3: story that I have to share with you guys tonight was suggested by a listener by the name of Naffy and he wanted me to talk about drugs, uh, but he had a specific topic in mind. And I'm Zach, you can put his audio here.
2: Hi, this is Nafi. Um, how about doing a fucked up history story about drugs, specifically Robert Louis Stevenson writing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde fucked up on cocaine?
3: I put it in my notes because that's what I wanted. That's where I want his audio to go. Right there, just mm. right there, right there, right after I say specific topic in mind. Um, so Nafi, as you heard from his audio clip, uh, wanted me to talk about drugs,
1: just like in um, general, and
3: and specifically uh, wanted me to talk about Robert Louis Stevenson being on a fuckload of cocaine when he wrote. Uh, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I did my research on this topic and did find out that Nafi is correct, that Robert Louis Stevenson was, in fact, fucked out of his mind on cocaine when he wrote the short story... Uh, a strange the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde but it's a little bit more complicated than that and it's also not really like that's not a story that I can stretch uh much but it's good that there was more to look into on this one in my research I found out that Stevenson had been sick for a majority of his life so like a good portion of his life uh he spent very ill
1: do you know what he was sick with
3: uh, best guess was that it was tuberculosis. God, the, cons- the consumption, consumption. <laughs> the consumption. Uh, but in um 1880, he and his wife Fanny moved to an estate in Bournemouth, Bournemouth. Um, at a doctor's recommendation, saying that the uh, bracing sea air and the pines would be better for his respiration. Why is that? Okay, always- I'm real fucking
2: confused. Yeah. Because then I'm hearing sea the crisp sea air and the pines are bred better for respiration, but yeah. the doctors told Doc Holiday that he needed to go somewhere dry as hell, and so he went to the fucking desert in Arizona. So what is the right answer here, doctors? Is it ocean breeze or is it desert? Please okay, let so me when know. did
3: when did Doc Holiday have the consumption? Uh, Was it like the same time? 1800s. Yeah. Late, so like. Late. Maybe somewhere between. You know, or maybe listen, it was just. Uh, the fact of the matter is that it's two separate doctors telling exactly. two separate patients two completely separate doctoring things. Yeah, wasn't
1: a science back in the day. It was, <laughs> no, it was exactly a profession right. of, of opinions. Exactly
3: and right. Advice. And so. They so also
4: don't we, have deserts in the UK, right? So yeah, that's actually, for true. Well, we got good old salty air. Yes. Imagine
3: <laughs> imagine being, like, 18, 1880s fucking uh, doctor in England going out. Yeah, you'll have to retire to um uh, Arizona, as
4: it turns out. It <laughs> would be better, but we don't have but that. We've, so we've not got fucked. that here,
3: so... Right fucked, isn't it? Right, You're right fucks. fucked, and you can go lay down on a beach <laughs> somewhere and die. Um, <laughs> so... In those years in the 1880s he was described by others as sickly and frail and as was often the case the prescription for ghosts in your blood was cocaine. Always.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> so is it? Uh, yeah, you you've said that so many times it is now like officially part of, of your own lexicon. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh you got ghosts in your blood you should do cocaine about it. But Stevenson had been prescribed a tonic That happened to be a mixture of cannabis and cocaine. Ooh, uppers and and downers. (laughs) (laughs) People theorize that this tonic would have given him increased energy and would have boosted his imagination. Uh, But what's interesting is that he wrote the entirety of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in six days. And he could not have done that without the help of
2: cocaine! Yeah, that definitely sounds like it was a little bit of a nitrous in the tank there. Uh...
3: Yeah, so he did, like, he had, like, a bender of his tonic and, like, stayed up for six days. Not six days straight, but, like, he, he obsessed over this work for six days. There was, like, a good three days where he didn't sleep.
1: Do you think that's the key? Do you think, I think it is? Do you I think, think yeah. that's the key. the key. Yeah, to like writing great works.
2: Yeah, lots of cocaine and no sleep.
1: Man, I gotta gonna make some calls.
2: Yeah, right. I, yeah, I, I I'm so, sitting here like trying to struggle to do a thousand words a day, and I'm like, but what if I just did fuck tons of cocaine? I guess.
1: And that's your goblin brain talking, and the great <laughs> authors of the past.
3: <laughs> his wife said this about his writing. Uh, she said that an invalid in my husband's condition of health should have been able to perform the manual labor alone of putting sixty thousand words on a paper in six days seems almost incredible. And in fact, uh, it was the cocaine.
1: Yeah. So I like how yeah. it says almost incredible, like almost incredible. Like it isn't objectively incredible. That's... We have the proof. Well, okay. So
3: here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's only almost incredible because he didn't do it of his own willpower. He was
2: high dosing
3: cocaine. Okay. It's
2: well, still the other thing is wild. like it's his wife. I'm pretty sure that this is not the first time she's, she's seen like him. I've seen better. I, well, not that, but I'm like I'm pretty sure this is not the first time she's been has seen her husband be like, mm, but the fast juice for a week the fast yeah what though? if i just go fast for a week <laughs>
3: so so stevenson unfortunately dies at the age of 44 Shocker. not of consumption but he does die of a stroke while opening a bottle of wine
4: oh, oh fuck that's what actually little... really sad
3: but as i mentioned and god bless nafi for sending me this story because i wouldn't have found it otherwise but uh the story itself isn't Super long doesn't have like a ton of legs. There's really not much to elaborate on, unless I wanted to tell the story of Robert Louis Stevenson, which I don't. So I figured I would I would cap my uh cap my story off a little bit here by mentioning other offer other 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 authors who can contribute some of their successful work to drugs. Uh,
2: Hunter S. Thompson. Oh oh, yes (laughs) Uh, Hunter S. Thompson I Okay first off I fucking love Hunter S. Thompson It's just the He's the most ridiculous Fucking writer ever But Uh second Are we talking about Fear and Loathing In Las Vegas?
3: Yeah So Hunter Hunter S. Thompson Wrote Fear and Loathing In Las Vegas About a road trip He took That was on Every drug Available to him At the
2: time In one of the first paragraphs of the book, it is, We had two bags of grass, 75 pellets of mescaline, five sheets of high-power blotter acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, and a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, laughers, and also a quart of tequila, a quart of rum, a case of Budweiser, a pint of raw ether, and two dozen amyls.
1: A pint of raw ether.
2: Not that we needed all that for the trip, but once you get locked into a serious drug collection, the tendency is to push it as far as you can.
1: Yeah, I guess. You know, let's just laugh in the face of God.
2: Yes. With with
3: Zach's help there, I don't really need to add anything to that <laughs> section of the story. Uh, but another author, and this one kind of surprised me. I guess it's not really that surprising, but um, Stephen King. He oh, uh, yeah. was a famed, famed horror writer and resident famed of the great state of Maine.
1: Cocaine user. Famed <laughs>
3: cocaine user for famed sure. Cocaine um, user Stephen
2: King. He
3: <laughs> used uh he used drugs a ton when he was just a lad. Yep. Um, and of his accomplishments, Cujo is the one that's most notable because, according to King himself, he was so high on cocaine. And so drunk that he has zero memory of having <laughs> written the novel itself.
4: Wow! No. And then
3: uh, another another author that um, stood out to me was Sir Aldous Huxley, uh, whose oh, book God. "The Doors of Perception," which is how "The Doors" uh, got its name. Okay. Uh, was written entirely about his experiences whilst on the hallucinogenic drug mescaline. He
1: (laughs) also has that book, A Brave New World, which is... Brave New World, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like, that's the only book I've read by him, and, like, the whole premise of that book is that there's not enough work for people to do, so they're given, like, happy drugs. Soma. Yeah, that's Soma. They're given Soma all the time. Which might be cocaine? I don't know.
3: I mean based on this story it might have been mescaline as well it might have been mescaline well yeah so he like so he took mescaline and then he wrote a book about his journey on mescaline see i'm just like not
1: brave enough
3: i don't think i'd be brave enough either but then there are other authors that did similar things with different drugs so
1: yeah, I'm just.
4: I like, do the drugs. I wouldn't write a book. That's the scary part. The, what, the <laughs> writing of the book is the
1: scary part. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. a huge
4: undertaking.
1: I mean, I guess, but that like, is a
4: massive
3: undertaking. I
1: think, like, for the hard drugs that they're talking about, like cocaine and heroin, right? Like, I'm just not yeah. willing to deal with those consequences.
2: No, I get that. Like, I, I don't know. There's like, like there, a, there's a
1: big difference in between like you know smoking pot or like.
4: Oh, I don't
2: yeah. think heroin
4: was mentioned. Fuck heroin. Yeah, yeah fuck, fuck
2: heroin. I, I was not mentioned. But, like, a lot of cocaine. Like, yeah. Like, a lot of cocaine is a lot of cocaine, you know? <laughs> it's a good amount of cocaine. It's a yeah. good amount
1: of cocaine.
2: In all fairness, at least one of them was prescribed cocaine. <laughs> yeah, at least one. <laughs> I,
1: wonder, but like, I wonder, too, like, if back in the day... I mean, I think this is true. Like, cocaine was different. Like, obviously, oh, yeah. I think we've gone through, like, generations of...
3: Oh yeah, cocaine. We're in like generation. Yeah, we're like, we're in twenty Gen, of cocaine. Gen
1: Z, Gen Z cocaine. Gen Z cocaine. Yeah, t- trademarked. Uh- <laughs> tm tm tm. Yeah, yeah. Like no, I... The cocaine comes out of the packet, and they're just like, "Daddy, yes," and you're like, "Wait." <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I mean, like it's like I, that I... one video that's like, "Daddy, chill," and he's like, "What the hell is even that?"
1: Yeah, what is? What are you talking about? That's the cocaine now.
2: Yeah, but, like, I mean, I, I, I understand that with the cocaine and some of the writers, like, back in the day, but, like, the Hunter S. Thompson thing, like, if you couldn't tell from the fact that he said he wanted to defy God in every way in that one, that two-paragraph statement, he wanted to defy God in every way. That's, like, that was Hunter as Thompson's whole fucking deal was I have big sunglasses and a weird cigarette coming out of my mouth. Also, I'm going to fight God on a daily basis with drugs.
1: I'm (laughs) going to fight God on a daily basis. He woke
2: up
3: every day choosing violence against his deity. And
2: drugs were the way to get him on a level playing field. Yeah, a- absolutely. So like with Hunter S. Thompson, not fucking surprised at all, well, you know?
1: So yeah. you uh, you guys have like read the daily routine, right?
2: Oh, Hunter S. Thompson? Yeah,
1: the daily.
2: I don't remember it, but I I know I've read it. At I've some probably point in my seen life. it Yeah. As well.
1: Yeah, so just like a short a short thing of it is uh-huh. um uh, like the brief picture is he wakes up every day at 3 p.m. drinks Feeling like P Diddy? Yeah, th- yeah wake up in the morning at 3. Uh, <laughs> so he wakes up every day pretty much at 3 p.m. he drinks whiskey and he drinks whiskey and snorts coke all day. He takes acid at 10 p.m. and then it is time to write. <laughs> <laughs> he also yeah. like he has his first meal or something at midnight after he's been doing all of this.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Like, if I think of Neil Gaiman as, like, the, you know, uh, lawful good of writers, I feel Cunter S. Thompson is the chaotic evil of writers. <laughs> Is definitely like, chaotic. No rules, just right. <laughs> also, there's lots of cocaine. I don't know, dude. No
3: rules, just me staring in the face of God as I type a manuscript. Yeah, dude.
1: I don't think you can say just right because something was clearly wrong.
2: <laughs> no rules. I'm not right. Also, Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, Hunter S.
1: Tm. Hunter S. Thompson. I've never read Ugh. anything by him, and I Okay, but the on part that, that
2: bothers way. me about this is he is a good writer. Is like, he? It, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is a great fucking book. It's horrible, know, but it's good.
1: I don't know. Also, he lived a lot longer than I would have imagined.
2: <laughs> right? Like, he lived a lot longer than he should because have. Because he was
3: fighting God. Yeah, God just, was afraid well, of
1: him. So not only was he born during the Depression, but then he Dies in 2005. Like, dude, you did way too many drugs to be lasting that long. Like, what did it do? Yeah. Petrify you well, inside? Everyone,
3: everyone asks the same question of Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, that's yeah. true.
1: Or, like, Steven Tyler. Oh. Yeah. Too. But I feel like...
2: I I think that he lasted as long as he did because God knew that if he died, then he would have to be God's problem. He'd have to deal with him. Yeah, yeah. true. And I imagine Hunter S. Thompson, like, having the same vibe when he gets up to the pearly gates as fucking, um, Arthur Eggfort from fucking Fantasy High. Oh, my God, where he's yeah. he's just, like, sneaking into your backpack. He fucking,
3: fucking sneaks in into heaven in a backpack. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's the end of my story. And even though it was started with the concept of uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, we did we did take a long time to talk about Hunter S. Thompson. Well, I think like in general
1: uh, too, it is kind of interesting to like think of some of these yeah. really great works, right? And then be like, oh, yep. they were literally written in a fever dream.
3: Yeah. But, uh, Naffy if you're looking for more. Uh, stories about drugs in history. We have a great episode about, uh, you know, a little prostitute that could. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did so much acid that she thought she was
4: a goddess. Um, the sniper, you know. not the sniper, the soldier the, guy. Yeah, the soldier, yeah. Imo yeah. I'm
3: Koivunen, who uh, did enough cocaine to meet God. Uh, got his leg blown off and didn't even feel it. Oh. <laughs> What's this? Um, yeah. So there there have been a couple. You can definitely go back and re-listen to those or tell your friends about us. Yeah. Um you can do both, really. It's you not, can you can really not do mutually both. both. It's it's not exclusive. They're more. not mutually exclusive.
4: Let's go both and Nafi. Both and.
3: let's yeah, let's go. Um yes and to <laughs> all these things. Uh but anyways, uh, this is the part of the podcast where I start to close out and Zach cuts me off at the legs. Yes, I'm um, going to cut you off
2: right now. Ka-cha. There we go. I'm doing All it right. very quickly. That way it's painless. No, that's good. You won't even feel it. Just do some drugs. Just do some drugs, Just do some drugs. Do some drugs about it. <laughs> you got your
3: legs cut off. You should do cocaine about it.
1: <laughs> Listen, that's mo- most of uh, doctrine nowadays is done by WebMD and intuition. So you yeah, know, whatever yeah, you feel yeah. is right.
2: <laughs> whatever, whatever makes you feel so Whatever your health
4: insurance will or won't cover. Right? Hey.
1: hey! And you can mark that off of your bingo cards, guys. I think that really does uh, add up to us making fun of the dystopian American healthcare system.
2: Sure, yeah. Zach, please, take it First, away. First, thank you. First off, I would like to thank everyone who did submit stories, uh, such as uh, Zoe, who submitted a store, a couple of different stories to us. Sadly, we didn't get to it, but we we might do it later. Uh, we might do it again. And uh, Jamie Donaldson, who uh, shouted us out on Twitter, which was really cool. Because hey, if you want to get our attention, just. Fucking tweeted us. We'll reply. We're not that big yet. We'll actually Zach, listen to Zach you. will notice. <laughs> I will notice because Zach is our marketing guy. I will notice you, senpai. <laughs> I will notice
1: you, and that is a threat.
2: That is a threat. But yeah, if you want to tweet at us and be like, "Hey, had an idea," or just want to say hi, uh, you can you find up? us. Hey, hey, you up?
1: Okay.
2: If... Zach will no longer
3: be responding to the you up messages. It will be me. <laughs> um, Zach, as we mentioned, uh, is dating someone. So, as the singleman of this podcast group,
2: <laughs> all you up messages to... will be forwarded to Matt.
3: Yeah, and I'm a
2: very sleepy boy, so I probably <laughs> am not up, to be honest. All right, but you can find us to shout out at us and tweet at us on Twitter uh, at triumvirate underscore pod on the Twitter-verse. Uh, and you can also find us on Instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions. And you can also find us on Facebook if you just kind of, you know, look up on Facebook, the triumvirate productions. Yeah, do that thing. Do that thing that you do. And then on top of that, Uh, you can find all of the links to all of our stuff on, uh, if you go to Instagram and you look at our, uh, what is it called? We have a little link tree that you can just click, and it takes you to everything, including our website. Uh, but we also have a Patreon. If you wanted to, you know, support us on Patreon, you just look up The Triumvirate Productions on Patreon. We have a $3, a $5, and a $10 tier. Uh, you know, if you just want to be able to say, hey, for the price of one fucking donkey's coffee a Stop. month, I can support my favorite podcast. Can't believe You it. can do that anyway that's you it's know a that's
3: bit presumptuous to say that we're anyone's favorite but it's all right you're we're, my favorite
2: we're, that's we're d- true. also
1: if you want to hear steve give a story too
3: what what
1: i think steve should do a story it's day. like
3: it's like maybe <laughs> yeah, well, in Megan, the future teaser Megan, teaser maybe, teaser or maybe
2: don't fucking
3: throw uh monkey wrenches <laughs> into the gears here at the very end No, i think that's well, my
2: job no, but no, if you do want to hear Steve tell a story, I guess that's something that we're gonna then, have him then do later. Tweeted us and send us money, and we'll give you Steve's story. Yeah, we money. need
4: we need like five people to say we want Steve to give a story. In,
2: yeah, in yeah. At, <laughs> at least five.
3: We need a good five people. And it I might... can't just be you with a mustache and a fake beard. So like,
4: I deleted, I deleted my Twitter. I gotta get a new one so I can follow you guys again.
2: But can it be me with a fake mustache and beard? Can it be me? No, because you have a real mustache and beard and they're glorious. (laughs) Thank you. But yes, overall, thank you all, everyone who listens and supports us, whether it is monetarily or not, whether it is by telling friends or not, whether it's just being like, hi. Every now and then you need a couple of goofs and a couple of hours with some three dumb idiots talking about history. We appreciate... Fifty fucking episodes of this show, it has flown by, and it is amazing. And I don't know about you, Matt and Megan, but I feel pretty damn proud of what we've accomplished here. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Oh, baby! I wish I felt 22. My fucking back hurts. Oh my god, my (laughs) teeth are killing me. Stop. My knees, ugh. Stop.
3: (laughs) I took away your bending. (laughs) Um, So yeah, in uh, in the tradition of uh our first ever guest podcast with the most steve do you have a question for our
4: audience yeah i wrote it down somewhere let me just see if i can oh my god this is a classic bit i love it when they do this <laughs> yeah yeah do you, do you have that yeah thanks thanks uh it's uh what the fuck history